Shinjin Stories. My name is Trey Hobbs. I am the host and founder of Shinjin Stories, and we're very, very happy that you're listening to our podcast. If you've been keeping up with us, you will have noticed that we took quite a bit of a break there uh, for a couple of months, and that was because, yeah, life. A lot of things happened. Um, I had my second child. I took a job in uh, another city, and there's been a lot of transition, and we have missed our community so badly, and we are very glad to be back. We had our first Shinjin stories in, I would say, maybe five months, and it was incredible. It was so good to be around some familiar faces and a lot of new faces as well. We loved seeing everybody out there, and we loved hearing these stories again. If you're new to Shinjin Stories, a little bit about us. We're very simple people. We love stories, and we think everyone has one to share. We seek to create and foster a community of international individuals who have found themselves in Shenzhen, this incredible international hub where there are people from all over the world, lots of backgrounds, lots of beliefs, lots of cultures, and lots of life experience that we don't usually ask for, but is so valuable to us. So we want to create a space where that stuff can be heard. Because when we hear these stories, these little micro moments, these honest things that happen in our lives, when we hear those things, we start to see ourselves in those stories, we start to identify with a person that we maybe would not have previously. And that's a beautiful thing. And as transient, as quick moving as this international lifestyle can be, what we want to create is is a feeling of temporary permanence, if you will. This idea that even though we are passing through and we may not be here for very long, we can still commit and buy in to the community while we are there in that geographic location and hopefully beyond that as well. So that's us. That's a little bit about us. We'd love to hear about you. At the end of this podcast, we'll give you a couple of ways to get in touch, to be involved with Shinjin Stories or to tell your own story or just to say, hey, we would love to hear from you and just chat and just hang out. So please do that. Please do be in touch. So on to the reason we're here, the podcast. You want to hear some stories, and boy, do we have them for you. Each Shenzhen Story podcast is going to highlight one story from our last live event, and the story you're about to hear is from an amazing storyteller named Tracy. Tracy is from Scotland and tells a story about a trip that she went on and how on this trip she learned to yes and, to go with the flow and to not fight gravity as it sends you pummeling down an icy hill into what may turn out to be an experience in a relationship that you never would have thought you'd have. But I'll let Tracy tell it. I don't want to ruin anything. You guys are in for a treat. This is masterfully told and beautifully done. Here is Tracy's story. There are people in this world who are just naturally brilliant when it comes to picking up new sports. They are 
are coordinated and balanced, showing instant promise with additional practice. We all know these people, Ryan. <laughs> I am not one of these people. I am not wearing these gigantic glasses in a bid to be bang on trend. No, 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 no. I am a short-sighted, uncoordinated dork. <laughs> Number two, handsome boys make me do stupid shit. <laughs> Number three, I swear a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so this story takes me back to uh, 2012. Um, I was uh, living in London with one of my friends after having just come out of a 12-year relationship. Uh, I was starting my life from scratch and I was open to trying new things. At this point in my life, I was very surprised to be surrounded by lots of middle-class people who were into Prosecco and brunch and snowboarding and skiing and I can't wait to go back next year. <laughs> my housemate was no exception to this and she very, very kindly invited me along to a skiing trip in North Italy that year. Now, given that I've just told you number one, my normal response would be, no, no, fuck no, 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 no. That sounds like a sport. <laughs> but, as I remind you about point two, my ever so handsome guy friend that I had a very unhealthy crush on had just come back from his first snowboarding trip. And wouldn't it be a really nice conversation piece to have on one of the many dates that we were having in my head? So but thankfully I had a tiny, tiny bit of sense and um, uh, to prevent my uh, possible injury or untimely death, uh, I booked myself in for a ski lesson in an inboard, uh, indoor arena in England. Uh, this gave me just a tiny bit of confidence that I knew what a snowplow was. What's a snowplow? A snowplow <laughs> is uh, when you're basically, you tilt your feet, to, you're, you're on your skis and you tilt your feet forward to form like a sort of triangle, which allows you to, you pizza, right? Pizza, yeah, pizza, french fries, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah, and it basically helps you glide down a mountain looking like a fucking amateur. <laughs> so, uh, so this coupled with the fact that I'd recently come into a little bit of money, and I had a bit of a yes and attitude, meant that I was on board. I basically, <laughs> I cobbled together a, a series of pieces of uh, ski gear from various friends, which didn't match in a very uncool, dorky way. And I booked my ticket. There would be seven of us on this adventure and I was by far the most inexperienced. And two of us signed up for ski school. The rest of them managed to glide down the mountain with varying degrees of success and made me feel very, very bad about my aforementioned poor balance and coordination. As I was heading into my first day of ski school, I thought that maybe my ski instructor would be an amazing, uh, amazingly good-looking Italian ripped man, maybe on his gap year with a, a bit of a penchant for petite Scottish ladies. No, 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 it would be 71-year-old Roberto. <laughs> Roberto would soon learn that I was going to be the problem child of the group as I fumbled my way through the sorting hat phase of the lesson and I was placed into beginners. Definitely beginners because there's nothing lower than beginners. 
So uh, basically the first couple of days we were basically uh, doing some snow plowing around the kind of nursery slopes um, and uh, <laughs> Roberto was just sort of resigned to kind of constantly having to go and pick me up. Basically I'd fallen over again at the back again and he would come over and he would marvel the fact that how I had managed to fall over. He's like, I don't understand why you fall down this way. <laughs> he proceeded to never correct me. So about the second day, the um, second day, Roberto, who had clearly got some sort of early onset dementia, <laughs> thought that it would be a good idea to go up the mountain. <laughs> it was only when I got to the top of the mountain that I realized I was on the top of a mountain and I was gonna have to ski down it by myself. It was the most terrified I can actually ever remember being in as an adult, as I just went into an instant fetal position, had a small panic attack. The next uh, few kind of hours, I actually genuinely don't remember getting down the mountain, but given that Roberto and I have not formed a future together, and I'm not living in a cabin in the top of a mountain in North Italy, I must have got down. <laughs> so, but what I do remember is uh, I was coming down to the mountain. I was about to uh, meet my friends for lunch. Uh, they were off being amazing in the mountain and making me feel bad about myself, but we would meet for lunch. And, uh, and so basically I was aiming for this big kind of flat kind of area where there was a restaurant. And I was basically starting to decelerate and uh, kind of heading in on the, on the way there. And uh, I was minding my own business, skiing like an idiot and um, French fries. French fries. And uh, basically I hit like a, an icy patch and it popped my ski off. So my ski went flying one way and then obviously I pitched forward because I'm still moving, which then popped off my other ski, which landed in the opposite direction. And I proceeded to land firmly on my face and come to a stop using my face, basically. So I basically like flipped over onto my back and I thought, oh God, I really hope that nobody saw that. And I was sort of wiping the snow off my face and I would see not one, but all six of my friends basically coming into my field of vision, carrying my skis and looking at me a very embarrassed and kind of like cringe-worthy kind of face. And they were like, one of my friends came over and put his hand in and went, don't worry, Trace, none of us saw that. <laughs> so it came to like about, I, I managed to fumble my way through the rest. It got to like day four out of, day, out of five days. And I was feeling a little bit more confident. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I'd, I, uh, I'd managed to master, well, master, I managed to do some parallel turns, which meant I didn't have to snowplow like a dickhead anymore. <laughs> and as part of like the ski school, they did like a, a little competition, basically, that they set up uh, on one of the nursery slopes. They had some uh, like gates and you basically had a time trial where you had to sort of ski around it in a little kind of, little kind of competition and then that evening there was like a little kind of ceremony and um, you basically found out uh, what position you came in and I came second last I came second last <laughs> the only reason I didn't come last is because the person that did come last did not compete due to injury <laughs> so so I got this sad little bronze medal and then I got a report card from Roberto, which just basically was like a series of his disappointments in me. <laughs> and then we uh, it found out that actually, uh, someone had been filming us while we were having our lessons. 
and I was like, this is so cool. I can sort of see what I look like. I'm like, yeah, feeling really good about my turns. I think it's probably gonna look really great. Okay, cool, let's everybody watch it together. <laughs> Here we are coming down the mountain. Meanwhile, here's the group of five-year-old beginner ski schools. <laughs> Little fucking show-offs. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not take a copy of the video. <laughs> but determined to kind of finish on a high, I finished my last day of ski school. And uh, that afternoon, I decided to brave the mountain for the last time. And I went up the, the ski lift. Now, I'd been doing the ski lift all week. And it's pretty straightforward. All you need to do is you put your skis on the ground when you get to a certain point when the uh, safety bar kind of raises up and you basically push off and you glide away. Right? Right? <laughs> right? So basically, um, unfortunately on this final fateful day, my lack of coordination would also be coupled with a very poor sense of timing. So uh, generally, when you kind of get off a ski lift, if you're an average-sized person, then that's no problem. When you're five foot two, you have to do a little hop. So I was like getting ready to kind of like ski off, and uh, and I hopped, but I didn't hop far enough. So I was like, oh fuck. And then, but at this point, the ski lift kept going, and it doesn't only keep going; it accelerates and goes higher. So I basically had to jump off the ski lift. <laughs> And of course, I landed in a very coordinated way. That I basically landed with my skis pointing outwards. And there's like a small hill as you basically as you come off. So basically, I just came off of the hill, gradually doing the splits. Can I do the splits, ladies and gentlemen? No. No, I fuck no, I cannot. So basically... So basically, I did the splits as much as my body could uh, manage and I basically landed in a bit of a pile of myself at the bottom of the hill and twisted my hip. Yeah. And that would be like the final, that would be the final kind of uh, run down the mountain because unfortunately it was too painful to continue. So I got, finally got down to the bottom of the mountain and um, I found myself um, actually on my own for like the first time in like a week basically. And I was just on my own and I got a hot chocolate, sat down, looked at the beautiful, beautiful scenery that was there and I started to cry. And I actually don't know why I was crying. Um, but it might have been, I don't know if it was maybe just relief that I'd gotten through ski school and I didn't break a bone. <laughs> or maybe it was like frustration that I couldn't actually go up and ski anymore because I was injured. Or maybe it was the fact that I was actually thinking about my grandma a lot that week. If you remember before, I said I came into a bit of money and the reason was for that was because my grandma had passed away like about six months beforehand and she gave me money in her will and I used the money to pay for that holiday. Yeah, yeah, so, but actually on hindsight, my grandma's final gift to me was actually an amazing once in a lifetime unforgettable trip that I actually genuinely really enjoyed because I was surrounded by amazing people. And even though I was being a massive fucking uncoordinated dork on the slopes, at the end of every day, I would meet my friends. We would laugh and joke and share bruises and basically sing karaoke and drink until the bar closed every night. <laughs> and it actually sparked off a really, really beautiful relationship that I still have in my life today. I'm not talking about the handsome boy back in the UK. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. It's um, it's my friend Jess. So um, my my roommate's best friend from school was someone called Jess, and um, she was the second person that signed up for ski school that week. And she was so, so patient with me that she would basically spend time with me in the afternoon to kind of help me work on my form. And then she also was the person who took me for my ski lesson back in England. And not only did she sort of like sort of <laughs> guide me through that, but at the end of the day, she took me back to her house and cooked me an amazing dinner. So I thanked her by hitting her in the face with my skis as we shared a ski lift one day. <laughs> it's all right, once the bruise healed, she got over it. She's like my best friend now. <laughs> As for the handsome boy back in the UK, we actually did go for a date together, but it wouldn't be for six months later. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is a completely different story. Thank you so much for listening. A huge thank you to Tracy for that story, even just thinking about it now, uh, a little while after the live event, I'm still chuckling. It was so funny and so beautiful. If you liked Tracy's story and you want to hear more like it, there are several ways you can do that. First, subscribe to this podcast. Hit the subscribe button. And while you're at it, give us a little review. Tell us how you like it. Leave a comment. We love to hear from you. Heck, even share it with your friends because we love it when stories get shared. Speaking of sharing stories, if you are sitting here and you are listening to these stories and it is inspiring you or spurring you or reminding you or igniting some story of your own and you want to tell it, we'd love to hear it. Or if you just want to say, hey, When's your next event? I'd love to come to the next live event. Or if you'd just like to say hello, we would love that as well. There are lots of ways you can get in touch. You can email us at shinjinstories at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, both at shinjinstories, or like us on Facebook. We will check all of those messages. We would love to connect with you and expand this community of already incredible, fascinating people. And if you're in Shenzhen on October 25th, please make sure that you stop by Charlie's Cafe for our October Halloween event, Masks. It's going to be very spooky, but mostly fun, I promise. Mostly fun and a a little bit spooky. (laughs) All right, that's going to be it for us. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned to the podcast for more incredible stories. A big thank you to Charlie's Cafe. I think we mentioned them earlier. They are our most gracious host, and they are a lovely coffee roaster. Please check them out if you're in the area. Delicious ramen. We'd like to thank those Lavender Whales for the use of their song, I'm So Proud of My Friends, as our intro and outro music. And we would also love to thank you, our listener. Keep being awesome. (laughs) 